0: Shannon and I have read this book by James K.A. Smith. Mm-hmm. I, read,
1: I read parts of it. I didn't read the
0: entire thing. I love your honesty. Okay.
1: Rob's the expert here. You
0: read everything I highlighted pretty much. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this I guy, so. I, can't, I am not from every, uh, a denominational background. Mm-hmm. So Presbyterianism, mm-hmm. I have no idea when I came here what that was all about. Yeah. So liturgy, I just was like, whoa. Is this this it was is kind a, of strange. It
1: was a culture shock for Justin and me, too. We were like, like, we had almost like these, like, cult vibes, you know? <laughs> right. you know? So it kind of like had red flags yeah. for us at first.
0: Sure. Yeah. So. And every kind of denominational church I'd been to growing up, I got this vibe of everyone really didn't really love and have a passion yeah. for Jesus. It kind of like yeah. felt like the frozen chosen, yes. is the way I summarized it. Sure and is. so I just didn't, I thought I attributed that to liturgy. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, okay. it's rote. It's it's like a rut. It's, it's just cold. ritual, cold, mm-hmm. and not helpful to <laughs> to let out your 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 passion for God. It's right. interesting. I I come from actually, and I appreciate that perspective. Mm-hmm. I, but
2: it's interesting because I come from actually the other side of things. Wow. So I was raised Roman Catholic. So in some ways, I'm cautious of certain types of liturgy because. Yeah. It was a very, I, I agree with you, it was a very stale environment that I was raised in. But then I kind of went through spectrum and I went to very, like I would say, high church liturgical backgrounds, including Anglicanism, which was even higher church than Roman Catholicism in a lot of ways, like actual incense sure. and
0: all the smells and bells every week. Um, smells and bells. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You um, know, <laughs> if you post it on Facebook, come for the smells and bells, you might get a different crowd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it, it means something completely different. Uh, so
2: so I kind of have that in my background, and it, it helped me to kind of rediscover liturgy and the beauty that's behind liturgy when it's done in, with intentionality mm. and when it actually points to Christ Yeah, and when people buy into it and when people actually understand it. Yeah. I think the challenge with liturgy is when people don't really understand what they're doing it yes. becomes rote, yes. you know? i don't but i actually think liturgy is a very helpful thing i think you can't escape liturgy every Mm -hmm. service is liturgical the question is do you want a good liturgy or a bad liturgy do you want a structured liturgy and or an unstructured liturgy
1: maybe we can define liturgy for you know just yes i think i i I joked before we started but i think people pretend you know that they know what that word Mm. liturgy means but i think we could define it and that would be helpful for us
0: this author James K.A. Smith, and I recommend it because he just will blow your mind. It's called Cultural Liturgies, and he has three volumes on it. This first one is called Desiring the Kingdom, Worship, Worldview, and Cultural Formation. He says the liturgy is everywhere. So it's not just in church. Liturgy is the rhythm of life. And however you're Mm -hmm. living your life, there's a certain rhythm to it. There are certain traditions. There are certain, even the holidays mark the way we live. But this is what I love, the way he he defines it here. Uh, He says that liturgy is a hearts and minds strategy, a pedagogy that trains us as disciples precisely by putting our bodies through a regimen of repeated practices that get hold of our heart and aim our love toward the kingdom of God. Before we articulate a worldview, we worship. Before we put into words the lineaments of an ontology or an epistemology, we pray for God's healing and illumination. Hmm. There's a lot of big words there. Uh, so, I like that though. It's right? yeah, really good. He's deep. Uh, you know, I had to read it like five times and with coffee because you can't read him without coffee. And, <laughs> yeah, you're. <laughs> but he is. He says it's an identity forming practice. Uh, yeah, and, and it's just these, these. Yep. if you just forget everything I just read, just understand that it's the rhythm of how we do things in life. Mm-hmm. And they're going to shape us, they're going to shape our identities, and they're going to shape how we view life and yeah. uh, all, all that.
2: And I like it because it's highly incarnational. And I think he kind of talked about that, meaning that it's it's really focused on the fact that God didn't just give us a spirit, but right. a body, right. a body. And that this comes up when we get to the sermon. Um, when, we just, when we talk about that, worshiping God with your bodies, that we're supposed to worship him with our full, full being, right? Which includes even the motions that we go through each day, which is why in some traditions you cross yourself, in some traditions you kneel to reflect mm-hmm. the posture of mm-hmm. your soul, right? And we have different physical things, standing, sitting, mm-hmm. um, when we take the Eucharist, things like that. And I really appreciate that because it respects the fact that we actually have bodies yes. and that is a good thing, not a bad thing, even not s- something
0: to be hidden, you know? Yeah, even standing to hear the word we're yeah. giving Yeah. When Sam does that, I really, right.
2: I really like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: It reminds me, I remember what, the first time I encountered this kind of thinking, uh, I didn't understand it. I remember reading Screwtape Letters by C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis and the, you know, Screwtape is uh, writing to his nephew and he's saying how how important it is for the patient as they refer to him to kneel when he's praying and they they talk about like how you know they they want him to be ignorant of of the importance of this Mm -hmm. you know they want him to be ignorant of how your body is important in worship and it you can um internalize worship through your body and i remember reading about that and just being blown away because my background, like Rob had mentioned, is non-denominational and Christian faith was always an abstraction. Like it was always something that you entertained in your head, you know, Mm -hmm. and you lived out in your body in the sense that you didn't want to be sinful in your body. Mm -hmm. But as far as like your body being an instrument of worship, that was a very foreign concept to me. Or
2: or even worse, in some traditions, I haven't been part of these, but in some traditions, it's actually kind of set up as this Gnosticism where Mm -hmm. you have the body on one end of the spectrum yes. and, the, and the spirit on the other end, right? Yes. Where the body is seen as bad. It's a misinterpretation of Paul, right? Mm-hmm. Body seems bad. Spirit is good. So anything that's of the flesh, meaning anything that's worldly at all, right? Yeah. And this is where you can't dance. You can't do anything fun. You can't do porch <laughs> night, right? These, these types of things. That's, what, that's what, where that's coming from, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I have to put a plug in for my wife. She... Loves teaching the kids to dance uh, mm-hmm. during the yeah. during the worship in the morning. Absolutely, and she even took off work to be able to do it, do doodle dance mm-hmm. uh, with the kids. But she's also teaching uh, some of our teenagers the motions to the dance so that they can learn to visualize the words that they're singing. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It mm-hmm. is. It's it's teaching our kids, getting them
2: ready for liturgy, and they, I mean they're participating in the liturgy by doing that. Mm-hmm and getting them ready to be part of the same liturgy that we are, and that's great.
0: On a on a funny note, on a lighter note, I promised that we would talk about the fantasy liturgy week. <laughs> so, we, who we... did you promise yourself? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now this is a big thing. I know people are talking about this. Uh, no one is talking about it. It's an elephant in the room, people honestly. People are waiting with bated breath. <laughs> no, I know people think it. They just don't want to say it. And so, so I went to churches and it was they had. They were so big that they had multiple bands, and then I, you know, in multiple pastors. And I remember just my friends would say, "Who's preaching?" And if it was not the right person, they weren't going to go that Sunday. Okay. Okay. Same with the band; they're like, "Oh, not this band." No. Okay. So anyway, you know, I know that there's certain people out there who prefer a different type of liturgy, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so, you know, I made up this thing called the Fantasy Liturgy League. Just to kind of blow up that idea of you know who's your favorite liturgist and um, and I was thinking you know you scored liturgy points Patrick when we were on the men's retreat because we were climbing a mountain and you are like a gazelle you just climbed that mountain like I've never seen you just had okay. no, didn't even take did you breathe I'm just trying to understand what this has to do with liturgy but <laughs> <gonna> exactly <laughs> I'm, 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 it does, it does I'm waiting I, I'm on bated breath. There. It doesn't have anything to do with liturgy. I can't breathe I, I right mean, now, The actually. rhythm of you climbing a mountain, that matters. But, um, <laughs> it's all in Rob's book. You know. <laughs> Wait till I write the book on liturgy. Uh, you know, but no, it, like, it's just, I think it's silly how we look at people mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and we, we I guess, experience God based on our preferences. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And um but as I think about the role of the liturgist and who the liturgists are, which I'm going to name them here. So we have, uh, we have Josh Olson, Ryan Estes, mm-hmm. Patrick Gallagher, Drew Guess, Rob Maddox, and alumni would be Dave Wagner. Rob Null, Paul Frick, and maybe we can include Darren because he does liturgy. Darren Peznell um, from time to time. Mm-hmm. So uh, these are the liturgists, and you know, I was thinking about what is the role of a liturgist, and because I, I was, I was just thinking, you know, I'm up here doing this liturgy. I didn't even know the rhythm of the service mm-hmm. before I did liturgy, and I, and I asked Darren if I could do liturgy just so I could learn it better. Because <laughs> I'm like anti do it all the same all the time. But yeah, um, yeah. but I, I appreciate Josh. Yeah. I wanna mm-hmm. highlight him Absolutely. because I feel like he and I yeah. Are, yeah. are opposites. We're very different in our styles and our way we think. Yeah. But I appreciate him because I have learned that when the way that my mind comes into the service is not in the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. I am not in the right frame of mind. And Josh has prepared Himself, yeah, and you can tell, yeah. Yeah. And so what he does is he elevates my mind to a God that is way beyond my world and way Mm -hmm. beyond uh, the circumstances of my life, and Mm -hmm. I'm taken out of my own thinking and brought into basically God's reality. Yeah. So I really appreciate that that he Mm -hmm. does that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. What I especially
2: appreciate about him is that he is really leading us to a place where we can where we can worship. I can tell he's trying to just get out of the way of the work of the spirit. I feel like that's a role of a liturgist is to try to get out of the way, let God do the work so that, you know, and he is really good at just pointing you the right direction and then saying, okay, God, you do the work from here. And I really appreciate that about him.
0: Yeah. I think you came to the summary right right now, just get out of the way Mm -hmm. and so that people see God and, and not the... The liturgist just help people get out of their own way and see God. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but Shannon, who's your favorite liturgist? (laughs) (laughs) We got serious now. We have to go.
1: (laughs) I like them all. Different things about them. Um, What I do like about uh, our tradition is how active it requires us to be. You know, just and the liturgist having a call to worship. Mm -hmm. It just so. It just so imitates the gospel in a lot of ways just in the fact that god calls us like we don't find him he finds us Mm. and um and i was just amazed like the first time i came to ironworks you know a couple of years ago just all these different layers of the sermon and just requiring response from me i'm not just a passive participant uh like i have been in other services so i Yeah. I'd like, I really do like all the liturgists for different reasons. And I, but I, I do like how they, they lead us into worship, you know, and they, they really do get out of the way and they allow us to, um, to focus, you know, because everyone can relate with Sunday mornings are sometimes the most stressful of the week. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have a new puppy and it's just added a whole layer of chaos to our lives and, um, to a your new, otherwise stable lives, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's liturgy, yeah. It's just a new liturgy, It's It's a new rhythm, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, but um, so I find it to be I, when I first came to Ironworks, I said, "Oh, wow, this is weird." And then I was like, "This is mm-hmm. nice." And now I'm mm-hmm. like, "This is necessary." So right. mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I think Darren mm-hmm. said it takes about six months for the liturgy to sink in and for yes. it not to be weird or awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I agreed as when I just started to experience it, I just It really helped me see God in a new way. Mm -hmm. And we could say really cool things about all the liturgists and and, uh, (laughs) go into them all. But the point is, is that uh, I think that we'll get to is that God uses different people in different ways to to hopefully awaken us to the work that he's doing in our lives. And whether it's up front or it's at the end of the service, stacking chairs, having a conversation with someone Mm -hmm. that is all part of our liturgy. It's all part Mm -hmm. of our rhythm of who we are at Ironworks. You know, the porch night. Um, the reason for God it becomes you know our serving the city mm-hmm. preaching Christ loving one another and planting churches that's our it's our rhythm right so mm-hmm. I had to read it off the wall but the, <laughs> <laughs> that is our mission <laughs>